0: This is the Converge Podcast. We meet at 1030 every Sunday morning at Heritage Baptist Church in the chapel. This is a group that is geared towards those who are young adults who want to follow Jesus and live the gospel life wherever the journey takes them.
1: started in just a minute, but I'm going to invite you guys into stronger community, all right? If everybody would be willing to stand up and move forward, we only need like the first three rows today. So if you could come on up, I'm sorry there aren't tables today. There was a wedding in this room last night and it was easier to leave it all set up. Uh, But we want to have good discussion today. And so moving forward and being together would be fantastic if you can stay in about the first three rows.
0: Conversations, better group discussions. I have just got a couple quick announcements for us this morning, and then we will get things rolling. So here is the promised hospitality sheet. And you know what? To save you guys a trip to the table in the back, we're just going to pass it around. Then, if you're interested, you can put your name down. And uh, if you miss it on its way through, or uh, if you decide later on that you uh, want to help out, there'll be a text message show up this week and you can reach out to Catherine that way. But I'll just go ahead and start this right here and then we can pass it around. And if you're able to help out in hospitality, if you're interested in doing that, uh, we'd love for you to be able to sign up there. So the thing that I say absolutely every week, I'm so sorry for saying it absolutely every week, but it, I, I do I feel like it's important so I feel like I have to say it again. So here we go. If you aren't getting text messages from us throughout the week and you'd like to, you can text at HBConverge to 81010, and then if there's anything we feel like we need to tell you, uh, we'll, uh, like hospitality throughout this next week, we'll shoot it out on those text messages. If you ever don't want to get those, you know, if you're uh, going on vacation or uh, if you're gone for a little while, you can always text at leave or at stop, and it turns them back off again, and then you can rejoin again whenever you're interested. So it's real easy to do. Um, but I'd encourage you to do that if you haven't already. Um, if you want to know what's going on throughout Heritage as a whole, you can always keep an eye on the hub at hub. There were a lot of new announcements this morning, so if you want more information on any of those, I'd encourage you to check that out. Is Hunter here yet? I don't see Hunter. Okay, well, I'm not going to do this announcement justice, but I did want to mention that there is a group coming up specifically for young professionals to get together. This group is intended for people kind of like post-college singles to be able to get together and spend time together, not necessarily like a DC gathering, but just a group that meets, their kickoff event is gonna be that scavenger hunt. So if that's you or if you know somebody that might be interested, keep an eye on Upcoming events with that and then I'm sure we'll get hunter in here to give you guys some more information on that at some point soon as well So there is a food drive going on with Parkview But then actually we also have another Parkview announcement this morning. Did you want to come fill everybody in Parkview is a, a Local charity that heritage partners with whenever we get an opportunity to
2: Hi guys, my name is charity, and I'm an intern at Parkview. I work in the clothing connection side of things So this is for, like, the food pantry, but the Clothing Connection gives clothes for free to people in need. And we're having a pop-up shop sale on July 15th. There's a lot of really cool stuff. I've actually been working with some of it, so you should definitely go. Um, There will be some, like, higher-priced items, but also lower-priced items, and all the proceeds go to help keep the Clothing Connection running. It's going to be from 8 to 2, and it's going to be – I have the exact address here, but I don't know if you guys know where Venue Cinemas is – It's kind of like up in that strip mall. Um, But it's 2323 Memorial Avenue, Suite 26. So it's the Life Skills Institute um, that Parkview has. And yeah, so July 15th, 8 to 2, you can come in whenever The Bagel and I is gonna be there having food. So it's gonna be really awesome. So please come out and support us.
0: So just to clarify, Parkview will be selling clothes, and this is an opportunity to buy clothes to support Parkview? Yep. Awesome. And some really nice clothes, I will say. <laughs> and there will also be a text message reminder with the address and all that going out uh, before Saturday when that happens. Okay, so that's all I've got for you guys today. I'm going to open this up in prayer, and then Dave is going to come up here and get things rolling. Dear God, thank you so much uh, just for this group that you've assembled here today. Lord, thank you for Dave and the message that you've given him. I just pray that the words that he has today would be from the Holy Spirit and that they would uh, speak to us and speak to our spirits and that we would be able to set aside any distractions or anything else that we could be focusing on and just focus on what you have for us to learn today. Lord, thank you so much that uh, we can spend our entire lives learning about you and growing closer to you, and there's just so much of you to know, and there's so much that we can learn. And Lord, I just pray that you would help us all grow closer to you today uh, than we were yesterday. Thank you for all that you are and all that you do. In Jesus' name, amen.
1: Guys, for moving up and thanks for being here today. Um, I know summer can be busy and tiring and fun and all that stuff but I'm glad that you guys are here. Um, since Hunter wasn't here to give a little bit more detail, um, can we turn that mic down just a little bit? Feels a little bit. Do you guys feel like I'm loud? I feel like I'm loud. I'm um, loud uh, all the time. Since Hunter's not here, let me give you a little bit more um, detail about what's going on with that um, young pros group. Uh, We've had some conversations with a lot of people who are like next stage after college, still here in Lynchburg, figuring out, you know, like next stages of life, staying around, working at Liberty, working in town, working, but not in school anymore. And so some of that community that was around them in or maybe they were somewhere else in school and now they've transplanted here to Lynchburg and they're trying to find um, a community. They typically, I don't mean to be putting any words in any of your mouths, but they typically enjoy the discipleship community that, that they're in. They don't necessarily want a different one of those, but they do want to have an avenue to meet people that are in their same stage of life that have time in the evenings, that are looking for... Friends that are looking for opportunities to serve together, to just have fun together. And so what we have begun with this activity that's happened next Saturday is communication to everybody who wants to be involved. So they're just kicking off that push with this event. And if you want to be a part of that, then you can be a part of that. It's not Converge-related. It's Heritage Baptist Church-related. So we've got young professionals that are in DCs all over heritage, um, but they want to connect with each other. They like to stay where they're at, but they want to be around people who are in the same stage of life. So that's what that is. Um, If you are interested in more information, then you can find that on the Hub, I think, I hope. Well, if not, you can email or text me, or the Remind app gets to Josh and me, so we can um, fill you in. Another thing that's coming up is your leadership team that's here in Converge is meeting next weekend to talk about what's going on in Converge, how can we do things better, what should we do this next year, what's um, what's our long-term plan, like we want, we want to get kind of some, um, some structure, more additional structure behind what we're doing here in Converge, and we want it to be encouragement uh, to you, we want it to be purposeful for you, and we want it to... Um, Be honoring to the Lord in all that we do. Um, So I thought before we meet, since we're just this brain trust of people not in college and early 20s anymore, um, that it might be good to get some of your input. So if you would, I'm going to pass out some cards and I would love for you and the four or five people that are near you to give us a little bit of information. Okay. And I'm not thinking just in terms of creative, like, what kind of activities would you like to do? I'd like to get below the surface a little bit. I'd like for you to tell us what you think is going well in Converge, okay? It can be one thing that you guys together agree on, or it can be a couple if you want to make a list of the things that are talked about in your group. Um, Maybe you've noticed an area that you think we could grow in as a group. Maybe you've mentioned it already before but let's get it down on paper so that we can talk about an area that you know it just isn't going as well as maybe it could be. Um, If there are things that we're not doing but you think we could do like maybe you're connected at Parkview and you think wow Converge could have this, it it could fill this niche at Parkview. We have the people, we have the time, we have, and you want to put that down. Then I would love to hear what you think we We could do with what we've already got, and uh, and then if you've got any other, you know, worries or concerns or or real positive things that you want to put down, then that's fine too. Okay, so just just we're gonna take five minutes, and I would just love to hear your thoughts on what's going on, so that we're not just thinking for you. So here's a card for each row, and I can bring more around if if you're relatively new. To, uh, I'll pass this down now a little bit. Um, if you're relatively new, you can have your own. Uh, oh, and I'm not saying it out loud here, but I'd prefer the leaders not participating. You can listen if you want to. You can answer questions if somebody around you wants to say, "Well, what do you guys ever talk about this?" You, you can answer questions. But as far as as far as the main things, go ahead and let the group around you decide it. Okay. Here, you guys can help. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can, leaders can be scribes. That's, that'll work too. If, if you're new and you've noticed something, feel free to say it. Because sometimes first impressions are the ones that we really need to hear again. Okay? So don't feel shy about sharing if you're relatively new.
0: the rest of the time to,
1: to fill it in that time too. Uh, my seven-year-old back there said that his biggest piece of advice, do you want to share it with everybody? About what? what you think the church should have? Water slide. Water slide. My second. Yeah. <laughs> the same <second laughs> way the gap yeah. okay. All right, well, so far this year we've been we 've been doing a, um, a series through the whole body of scripture we 've been walking through at the same pace as our together through the Bible reading plan um, and we've we've jumped from section to section of scripture trying to trying to identify maybe a high point within each week of reading so that we get the gist of of the arc of God's revelation of himself, uh, but we haven't been able to cover every bit of scripture, okay, and so it's, it's been maybe jumping from peak to peak to peak from uh, week to week, didn't mean for that to rhyme, but uh, we've, been, we've been doing that, and so I don't, you know, some of you have been able to read along with us, and so, you know, it brings back something that you've been reading. And the whole purpose of our Together Through the Bible reading plan, like Pastor Kent was sharing this morning, is that as many people in the church as are able to participate, we want to grow together. We want to be able to look in Scripture and see how God is revealing himself through his word so that we can know him better, so that we can worship him better, so that we can represent him better to the world around us. It's really been an effort to grow in our understanding of the God that we serve and so we um we've continued that through this summer up to this point and today is not different it's not like I was about to just pull a surprise on you um we're gonna continue that but we've been gone for two weeks and so the passage of scripture that I've chosen for today is one technically from last week's um, section but we haven't met since then so so it's okay you you can let it go this time um, also, because that's a huge amount of scripture. I mean, we've covered like half of 1 Kings, half of 2 Chronicles, uh, half of 2 Kings 2, um, Jonah, and we started Isaiah today. So I chose to um, do a whole book today. But I chose a short one. Okay, One of the other books is Obadiah that, we, that we've been reading this week. So I would love for you to turn to Obadiah, the shortest book of the Old Testament. Okay? We're going to read Obadiah together. You can go leave here and say, Pastor Dave read an entire book of scripture and converged today. It's only 21 verses. Okay? Um, I'm going to assume, I think it's a safe assumption, that Obadiah doesn't tend to be the book that you camp out in too often. Um, one being it's so short that camping out there is a short stay. Okay. The two is it's, there's some mystery in trying to figure out exactly what time period it's referring to and how it might apply to us and uh, those sorts of things. I hope that what we can walk away with today is a greater understanding of our God as he reveals himself to actually the Edomites. Not specifically. Well let me rephrase. He's revealing himself to the Israelites. In a prophecy against the Edomites. Okay? So that's where. That's what we're going to be looking at today. But let me read it for us. The vision. Of Obadiah. Thus says the Lord God. Concerning Edom. We have heard a report from the Lord. And a messenger has been sent among the nations. Rise up. Let us rise against her for battle. Behold, I will make you small among the nations. You shall be utterly despised. The pride of your heart has deceived you, you who live in the clefts of the rock, in your lofty dwelling, who say in your heart, who will bring me down to the ground? Though you soar aloft like the eagle, though your nest is set among the stars, from there I will bring you down, declares the Lord. If thieves came to you, if plunderers came by night, how you would have been destroyed. Would they not steal only enough for themselves? If great gatherers came to you, would they not leave gleanings? How Esau has been pillaged. His treasures sought out. All your allies have driven you to your border. Those at peace with you have deceived you. They have prevailed against you. Those who eat your bread have set a trap beneath you have no understanding will i not on that day declares the lord destroy the wise men out of edom an understanding out of mount esau and your mighty men shall be dismayed O ultiman so that every man from mount esau will be cut off by slaughter because of the violence done to your brother jacob shame shall cover you and you shall be cut off forever On the day that you stood aloof, on the day that strangers carried off his wealth and foreigners entered his gates and cast lots for Jerusalem, you were like one of them. But do not gloat over the day of your brother in this day of his misfortune. Do not rejoice over the people of Judah in the day of their ruin. Do not boast in the day of distress. Do not enter the gate of my people in the day of their calamity. Do not gloat over his disaster in the day of his calamity. Do not loot his wealth in the day of his calamity. Do not stand at the crossroads to cut off his fugitives. Do not hand over his survivors in the day of distress. For the day of the Lord is near upon all nations. As you have done, it shall be done to you. Your deeds shall return on your own head. For as you have drunk on my holy mountain... So all the nations shall, shall drink continually. They shall drink and swallow and shall be as though they had never been. But in Mount Zion, there shall be those who escape and it shall be holy. And the house of Jacob shall possess their own possessions. The house of Jacob shall be a fire and the house of Joseph a flame. and The house of Esau, stubble. They shall burn them and consume them. And there shall be no survivor for the house of Esau for the Lord has spoken. Those of the Negev shall possess Mount Esau. Those of the Shephelah shall possess the land of the Philistines. They shall possess the land of Ephraim and the land of Samaria, and Benjamin shall possess Gilead. The exiles of this host of the people of Israel shall possess the land of the Canaanites as far as Zarephath. And the exiles of Jerusalem who are in Farad shall possess the cities of the Negev. Saviors shall go up to Mount Zion to rule Mount Esau. And the kingdom shall be the Lord's. Clear, right? It's super understandable. Um, applicable. Probably could just read it and close and pray, right? There's a little bit of question mark that might be raised in your mind. Okay, exactly. What does some of this mean? Where are these places? Who are these people? And so to start us off, let's, let's kind of just do the, the Ws, right? Who, what, where, when, why, and, and get our ground maybe a little firmer under us as we start to talk about this. So the who can be a couple of people. It's always good to know who, um, who is talking and who they're talking to. So, so let's dig into that a little bit. Obadiah is, um, interestingly, a common name in the Old Testament. Uh, Pretty, pretty. I I don't know why, being as common as it may be in the Old Testament, why it's not one that we just use today. Maybe it'll come in the next few years, the new up-and-coming boy's name for 2024. Uh, Obadiah is a pretty common name in the Old Testament. And so, given the lack of detail around... This particular prophecy, we don't have a real great understanding of who this guy is. It, within the same potential period of time, there's an Obadiah that um, is within the household of Ahab. If you were reading along in, um, in the Bible reading, and you have the, the interaction between Ahab and Elijah, and um, he Obadiah is the one who is like... Are you going to get, you're going to get me in all this trouble because I see you and you're, you know, Ahab's looking for you. Uh, it's probably not him. That's northern kingdom and this is talking about Jerusalem. So that, that doesn't really work real well. Also, the details around what's going on in Jerusalem at this time gives us a little bit of question mark as to exactly when this prophecy was written. Okay, so uh, you, there are conservative bible loving god loving people who disagree on when this could have been written and and it doesn 't change the message that 's here it kind of changes how we understand what is being said to somebody whether it 's looking forward or looking back a little bit in some of the things but but it could be early and in the time period where actually we 're reading right now so if you 're reading along with us and you 're in uh, before the before the um, northern kingdom and the southern kingdom of Israel get overthrown and people are taken away into captivity. There is a kind of decline of holiness in both kingdoms, quicker in the northern than in the southern, but, but there's a decline. And in that, these prophets, they go to work, right? And they're announcing things all of, through all of the minor prophets and major prophets here. We're seeing these things get um, called out among the kingdoms, both north and south. Southern going a little bit slower in its demise than the north. Uh, it, could be, it could be during some of the events that took place around um, in the, in, during the reign of Jehoram, uh, which we can see in verses 12 through 14. It, uh, it seems like Edom Uh, Shouldn't repeat offenses that they have once done. Okay? So if we look, if you want to look towards the middle of the book, it says don't gloat over the day of your brother. Don't rejoice. It's sort of saying don't do these things. And you could take it as don't do these things again. Okay? Um, If if the later date which is after Jerusalem's destroyed, wiped out, gone, people are gone to Babylon, um, it just wouldn't make the same kind of sense of unless unless it's Again, worded in such a way as to say, don't do, don't do those things. You have done them. These are things you shouldn't have done. You know I mean? It's kind of a different perspective on saying the same thing. That would lean towards a later date. Um, verse 14 says, don't uh, hand over its survivors. Don't cut off the fugitives. When Jerusalem was totally overthrown, there were no fugitives, really. They all were taken. Okay, so Jerusalem was wiped out. And it just doesn't seem to, to quite fit the later date, which would be after Jerusalem's wiped out. Okay? Um, however, some things do make sense towards that later date. If, if Jerusalem has fallen and, and now Edom has mistreated the people and the possessions of Jerusalem, um, but they still exist... They haven't been destroyed. That puts a pretty decent timeline between the fall of Jerusalem, which in case you're history buffs, you already know this, but 586 B.C. And before the total destruction of Edom, which happened around 553 B.C. So there's this window of time where Edom exists, but Jerusalem doesn't, and Obadiah could be calling them out. Okay? In the end... Whether it's an early or a late, it doesn't change what we're going to learn about our God. It changes a little bit in how we might perceive it being received by the people who received it. And so that, you know, that's important. Um, Frankly, our Bible reading plan puts it in the early dates because that's where they placed it. This is a chronological Bible reading plan. And so they took the information and chose it for an early date and put it there. Okay, Versus... Put at the later date if you, um, if you read some other commentary and stuff. I know that's heady. I know that's maybe not really like super fun to, to talk about. But I think, it's, I think it's helpful for us to understand the context around what's going on here. And, and it varies just a little bit. The players are the same. Okay, Edom is who we're talking about. The judgment of God falling upon. Israel, specifically Jerusalem has been targeted by Edom to be mistreated. God has allowed Edom as an instrument of his judgment to judge Jerusalem, but then is going to come to their defense because they are his people and his covenant faithfulness is strong. And he is going to defend them against Edom by wiping out Edom with the people of Israel. Okay? And so, so we're going to learn what the Israelites get to pick up about their God because of what Obadiah is saying to um, Edom. Okay, so again, the who includes who's hearing it. Edom. Does anybody know who Edom dis- the, are the descendants of? Esau. Esau. Okay. So we bring up all kinds of family drama when we realize That we're talking about Israel versus um, Edom because it's Jacob and Esau. So, without going back to Genesis and trying to pick up all the details there, they were at odds from the beginning. Okay? And they never really made up. There was some. Coming together, but never, never really made up between the two. But, but what God is saying to Edom here is that when Israel was being attacked, when Jerusalem specifically was being attacked, a brother should come to their aid, not take advantage of the situation for their own good. So it brings up this, this family drama that's been going on for centuries but has always been a part of of the interaction between the two. Um, The what we're going to hold off on for just a minute. The where is this is being written in Jerusalem and really being announced. Oh, this is unplanned and awesome. Um, this uh, This is being announced in Jerusalem. Okay, so Edom is south of The southern kingdom. The kingdom of Judah is neon green. The kingdom of Edom is yellow. Um, Edom exists partly in modern day Jordan so that um, since we've got the map here and it says Petra when the beginning part of Obadiah says you think you're safe because you live amongst the rocks Petra itself is a later development. uh, the, The people who took over Edom would have developed that. But the same idea of living among the rocks, the safety that that would bring, that's what, that's what God is calling out in Edom. Because, so that you can see by the location and Petra being there. If you're unfamiliar with Petra, try to think um, Indiana Jones and the big rock facade of, of the, is it the Holy Grail? The Last Crusade. The Last Crusade. So I, I'm not. Thank you, Josh. This is why, this is why Josh is here. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, that was actually Petra, there. Also, in, I, I don't remember it. Maybe you do. It was in. It was uh, part of Transformers 2, uh, not Transformers 2. A Transformers movie um, was filmed in that area. But Petra is is the quintessential rock <clears throat> formation city that's uh, that's in existence and used as as an example of stuff. So. Um, so Petra is part of the kingdom of Edom and it is going to play a part in Israel's pride which is going to be called out by God in the first part of Obadiah. Uh, Moab is also bad family relations um, for Israel. and So we're, they're kind of surrounded by, by some bad blood from their own blood, right? But Edom is part of that, okay? Okay. Uh, You can leave the map up for now unless you've got other things that you've got in your back pocket back there. Uh, The the when we've already talked about, so we'll bypass that. We hit that probably harder than anybody wanted to hear. Um, The why. The why is where we're going to get to at the end, but I want to say it now so that we know where we're going. The why behind this book is so that Israel, Jerusalem, The southern kingdom, actually, Judah. Okay, I'm saying Israel a little bit inaccurately. Judah and Jerusalem here have have been mistreated and they are going to hear in this message from Obadiah the faithful protection and vindication that comes from the covenant God that they serve. Covenants of the God they serve; that God is going to come to their aid. Okay? But I want us to remember too that the reason behind this and the decline of of Israel as a whole, northern and southern kingdom, is that they have not followed what God has said; they have gone after multiple other gods. Okay. Edom here is called out for mistreatment of people around them. And so the combination of what Jerusalem is being being destroyed for and what Edom is being called out on really summarizes the two big things that, that God calls out throughout the prophets. You haven't worshipped me correctly and you haven't treated the people around you correctly. In a way that would honor me which should prompt in our minds how jesus boils down all of the law right what, how does jesus say this is the law or what's the most important law? Love your neighbor as yourself. okay love the lord your god right with all your heart you, you got the second part here we okay, were going there. love the lord your god with all your heart and soul and mind strength love your neighbor as yourself This is the law, okay? And if you go through the prophets, okay, and if you're reading along with us, that's kind of the the path we're taking here in the next couple of months. Um, If you read through the prophets with with that in your mind, you're going to see that recurring theme that either you haven't worshipped me correctly or you've been mistreating the vulnerable around you or both. It's going it's to repeatedly come up. Okay? And in this case, I think what, what goes without saying at the beginning is that Israel, or Jerusalem, Jerusalem represents a, a group of people who claim to follow God but are chasing after idols. They haven't worshipped God correctly, so judgment is coming. In that, though, God is faithful to his people. And he will restore them because he is gracious. He's going to turn this back around afterwards. And those who those who experience a dispossession will then dispossess those who have taken it from them. They will, they will lose what they have, but they will be part or their Future generations will be part of restoring it back. So the why is that this group of people can have confidence in a God who loves and restores and even though they will go through the trouble, he defends ultimately those that he is in covenant relationships Okay, um, So the what. The what is the message that's actually here. And, and so I just want to hit a few of the highlights. Even in only 28 verses, we only have 10 minutes. So, um, so we've got to make it quick. But the first thing that comes up in verses 1 through 4 is that Edom is living in pride. They are confident in where they are strategically... Physically located, in order to be um, safe from destruction, from from uh, attack, and he says, "The pride of your heart in verse three has deceived you. You who live in the clefts of the rock. Remember, we talked about." Uh, we Now I can I can sense the light change. Uh, you who live in the clefts of the rock in your lofty dwelling, you who say in your heart, who will bring me down to the ground? Though you soar aloft like the eagle, your nest is among the stars. You, are, you think you're safe in this outcropping of rocks. These, these, these physically um, imposing structures that you have guarded yourself with. I will bring you down. And then he goes on to say, that you would be better off if thieves came and took what they wanted than what, what we're about to, what God is going to do in, um, in your nation. He says if thieves came, that it, wouldn't they just steal enough for themselves? I mean, not that thieves are always that, you know, um, giving, right? They sometimes take everything. But he, God says here that, that thieves tend to just take enough for themselves Grape gatherers, they actually leave some gleanings behind. This is reminiscent of the law that, that God gave to the Israelites that when you, when you reap your land, the, the, all the fruit of what has come, leave some behind for those who are in great need. This is the tendency of the people who would come but, but I am going to take it all. You will be wiped out completely. How Esau has been pillaged. Um, sometimes in prophecy, when we read something like verse 6, how Esau has been pillaged, his treasures sought out, uh, there is, um, there is a, a past tense that is used not out of timing, but out of confidence. That it's so sure that this is going to happen, that it's as if it already happened. So as God reveals the judgment to Edom, the descendants of Esau, that's why it says how Esau has been pillaged, um, it's it's said with such confidence that it's as if it's already happened. All your allies have driven you to your border. They've run you out. Those at peace with you, the people that you think you're allied with now, have deceived you. They've prevailed against you, those who eat your bread, these are, these are meals that you had in confidence with each other in strategy and in, and in community they have set a trap beneath you. you have no understanding what understanding you did have I'll destroy the wise men out of Edom, understanding out of the Mount of, out of Mount Esau, another name for Edom, and your mighty men shall be dismayed, O Timah. Uh Taman is grandson of Esau, and so another representative name for the nation. Uh, also, I think there's potentially a city, it's not on this map, um, in south of uh, Edom that is named after this grandson. But it re- anytime Esau or Taman is used for Edom, it's kind of representative of the nation. Okay? So every man from Mount Esau will be cut off by slaughter. And why is this happening? It's because of the injustice that they have perpetrated upon Jerusalem. And that's where it goes in the next verses. Because of the violence done to your brother Jacob, shame shall cover you, and you shall be cut off forever. And even, not just what they have done, but what they didn't do. Read the next verse. On the day that you stood aloof, on the day that strangers carried off his wealth. it's not pointing fingers at Edom for what they did, but for what they didn't do. And foreigners entered his gates and cast lots for Jerusalem. You were like one of them. You might as well, might as well have participated because you didn't defend them when they needed you. And so you have left them, hung out to dry. And for that reason, you are, you are also... Receiving this judgment. And so similarly, if we take the early time frame that, um, that, we, you know, that, that we have in the reading plan, that we're reading it early, um, then these would be things that, that maybe they have done, but they shouldn't do ultimately. They would actually come back and do. They would actually participate in the days of Babylon, um, overthrowing Jerusalem. But he says, don't gloat over them. Don't rejoice over their destruction. Don't enter the gates when they're uh, experiencing calamity. Don't gloat over this calamity. Don't loot the wealth. And he says all of these things that, that rather than taking advantage of the situation as it presents itself for your own benefit, you should come to their defense. This is where you need to be as, as brother of, of Jacob, as nation who should care about nation. You should step in on their behalf and you should... You should come to their rescue rather than participate in their downfall. But you didn't. And so right here in verse 15, we see see two things that, that come out in verse 15. Number one is that God returns the evil as it has been perpetrated before. As you have done, it shall be done to you. And we could we could trace some of the things that have happened. Okay, Uh, you you were there when Jerusalem was wiped out. Well, you're going to be you're going to be brought to ruin. Um, We got others, too, that that they said. uh, Because because the survivors that were there were attacked, we saw that in verse um, 14, cut off the fugitive, don't hand over survivors in the day of distress, there wouldn't be any survivors of um, Edom. Anything that was taken away from Jerusalem would be returned to Jerusalem. It would be taken away from Edom in that act. So there's a return for what has done your deeds to return on your own head. But The other is that this is a picture of what is to come in full version that this is to all nations who have mistreated the people of God. For the day of the Lord is near upon all the nations, in verse 15. And so we see a, a move away from just purely Edom and a, and a picture of what is to come m- more specifically for Jerusalem in a, in a near kind of time frame, and then for the kingdom of God in a future time frame. For the day of the Lord is near upon all nations. As you have drunk on my holy mountain, all the nations shall drink continually. A metaphor for for wiping out, uh, for, for trying to take advantage of but not finding fulfillment in. But in Mount Zion there shall be those who escape and it shall be holy and the house of Jacob shall possess their own possessions. I'll return. The house of Jacob shall be a fire. The house of Joseph a flame. Okay, these are terms for uh, for Judah and Jerusalem. There'll be a fire. There'll be a flame, and Esau the stubble. They'll burn. They'll burn it up. They'll burn them and consume them, and there shall be no survivor for the house of Esau, for the Lord has spoken. Not only will he restore that, but then the nation will be expansive. Okay, we have the map back up. Um, he goes on in the next few verses and he says, Those of the Negev shall possess Mount Esau. Those of the Shephelah will shall possess the land of the Philistines. And we get, we get to see. I have to um, double check my directions here so I'm telling you the right thing. Um, oh, there it is. Those of the Negev, that's in the south. So if you go if you go south of Jerusalem, that's where it's going to start expanding. Mount Esau is south, but also east, so it's going to extend to the south and east. Uh, the Shephelah is to the west. That's where the Philistines were. You can see in the in the gray part they're going to extend to the west, and then um, Gilead is to the east, against, like directly east, and Zarephath is to the north. And so we start to see in this. Assurance of God coming to the rescue of Jerusalem, that not only will they be restored, but the kingdom will be expanded because what he's actually talking about is the kingdom of the Lord in the in the future that's still yet to come. Jerusalem would experience this restoration in part. After the exile and they return, they would, they would begin to see the restoration of Jerusalem. They won't see it in full. We won't see it in full until the coming of the king in his fullness. So that this is still a promise for us. That God is a God of covenant faithfulness. That he does have a standard of holiness. And he will will pursue holiness in your life. As he has in, Jer- in Jerusalem, right? I mean, not necessarily in the same devastation, but God pursues holiness for you. And so if you, um, if you aren't walking in a way that represents the God that you claim, then there, there is work that comes from the God, the Father, who loves you and disciplines you. But the God of covenant faithfulness will restore you as you seek him. And he will build you into the person that he longs for you to be. Okay? This is this is specifically to Jerusalem and speaking of the nation of Israel. But this is our God, this is his character. This is why we read in the Old Testament of, of who God is and how he is displaying himself because a God of covenant love to Israel fulfills his covenant to Israel. But a God of covenant love to you will fulfill his covenant to you. So, as we anticipate the full victory of Jerusalem that's presented here, as he says, those who, the rescuers, the saviors, shall go up to Mount Zion to rule Mount Esau, that there's a kingdom yet to come. And we have the privilege of being a part of that we can anticipate this as a part of our own story still being written. So even in this even in this short book, two pages in my Bible of Obadiah, 21 verses, we get to see a God who, who does not abide with um, naive pride of human beings. We live there, I and mean, the same kind of pride that Esau, the same self, um, the same self-confidence that Esau, that that Edom had, uh, we live with on a regular basis. And this is not this is not the only place where pride goes before a fall, right? So we we need to live humbly before our Almighty God. Our God is holy. We need to live holy before our God. As he is holy, we shall be holy. We need to take care of those around us as our God loves those who are vulnerable. Love your neighbor as yourself. And we need to anticipate the return of King Jesus to restore the kingdom in its fullness. So... Um, I hope that you continue, or I hope you, if you haven't been with us, I hope you start reading through the prophets. There, it's, it's not the easiest reading sometimes, but there is some really great picture of this consistency of our God to want to want us to love Him and serve Him well and to love others as, as we represent Him to the world around. Um, yeah, there's a video that goes with this too if you want to ever watch it. The um, Bible Project. The top. It's some really great introduction videos. But for now, let's, um, let's pray and uh, our time will be done. Father, thank you for uh, for revealing yourself in your word. Thank you for even in these um, short glimpses of what you've done in times past, that we get to see your character. That we get to see who you are. And that it, that it is consistent. That just as you would stand by Israel, Jerusalem specifically. And you would allow other nations to, to defeat them in order to restore them. They needed to know that you are God. And they weren't worshipping you as God that you and your faithfulness and graciousness would restore them. We know that's who you are. So, Father, as we have pride in our lives, as we are uncaring for those around us, and as we have idols that distract us from worshiping you the way that we uh, know we need to, Father, I pray that you would do your gracious work to effect change in us restore us we love you and thank you for for who you are and we and we long for the day when Jesus returns in his name we pray, amen guys thanks for being here and for um, moving up to the front, that was nice Uh, and you guys are always really great about doing that so thank you for um, being willing to do that look for uh, announcements coming about things and pray would you pray for the leadership team as we meet we really want to uh, we want to plan and serve god in this way uh, by doing the things that are good for you as you grow in christ that's what that's what we long for that we provide a great place to gather together to grow together so that when you leave here you're on target to represent God to the world around you. So um, in that, we just ask that you would pray for us. And if you have any other input, feel free to reach out. Well, have a great day, um, and enjoy the summer. It's hot and muggy out there. But hopefully you like that. See you guys.
0: you for listening to the podcast if you would like to get plugged into a small group just text Converge to 81010 and you will get the text reminders for all the small groups if you have any questions just respond to one of those text reminders and it will go to our leadership team and they will be able to respond to you directly